Alistair Crowley, the true scourge on the living. It seems every time I try to get out, the Illuminati holds me back in. What a strange, strange trip this life is. You're the one aiming to destroy our Illuminati! Donald Trump! Call me Trump. Hello guys and ghouls, Sean here. And Jules. We are back from our little break just in time for a wet wired Halloween movie special. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, we have a truly weird treat for you. I'm not going to give too much of an introduction for this. We're going to let mostly the movie speak for itself. Today we are watching possibly one of the worst animated films ever made. The 2020 cinematic abortion, Trump versus the Illuminati. (laughs) But before we get into the movie, I just want to make it clear from the outset that we both know this is not actually a horror movie. At least I am aware of that. Jules, are you aware that this is not a horror movie? This movie that you chose for Halloween is not a horror movie. I thought it was pretty horrible, uh, but I, wow. I, it's, I, it is horrendous. <laughs> I had in mind when we were talking about this episode that we would find a movie that both Jules and I like, um, you know, something we could have fun talking about, something that we both have enjoyed. I was thinking something like a classic, like Rosemary's Baby, which is just a damn good movie or something <laughs> that's kind of goofy, but still so good, like Reanimator. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a sadist, so I had to subject you to this. <laughs> this is worse than sadism. But since I was out of the country, the mouse of our show got to pick. <laughs> and if you wanted to, if you have any interest in complaining about any of this, feel free. Even if you weren't thinking about complaining, I encourage you to consider it. <laughs> you can find him at Julian Hooligan on Twitter or in our Discord. And definitely send him your movie recommendations because he just does not listen to me anymore. Well, Sean, don't think that you're special. See, I don't listen to anybody. That's the trick. That's the secret ingredient. So with that little bit of a preamble out of the way, on to the movie. There probably isn't much of a better way to introduce this movie than just the narration that opens the film. It really, it really seems like the the narration at the opener is also the trailer. It, and in fact, I come to think of it, I think it might have been the trailer on IMDb. I think, I think that may have been the case. I'm not entirely sure. Either way, the year is 2020. Uh, the year is 2044. Advanced artificial intelligence robots drained the Earth of her natural resources, leaving the once thriving planet a barren shell. Adrift in space, the human race fights its toughest battle ever for survival. A Chinese China, a Chinese clone of the 45th U.S. President Donald J. Trump, survives the Earth's destruction by escaping his maximum security lab. His petri dish grown body infuses with the latest AI technology, infused with the latest AI technology, possesses eternal life and large hands. Large hands. <laughs> During his escape from Earth, Trump's ship crash it. Trump's ship crash lands 
on Mars. Unable to leave, he exists on a prison planet of his own making. I mean, already, questions. Just questions. (laughs) Questions and incredibly nitpicky comments about the language. I, so uh, many things. The uh, petri dish grown body, which we we hear this this same expression, the same phrase over and over in the film. I doubt we'll talk about it too much in detail, and we probably don't have any clips that mention it. But it is mentioned so many times. This that those exact words, the petri dish. How uh, that's the kind of thing that somebody says that has never been in a seventh grade biology class. <laughs> I mean, not even cut open a frog, nothing. And this backstory, all of it is supposed to happen in just 21 years. And this is, you know, basically we've already had the Terminator Rise of the the Machines moment. The humans lose, get dispersed and live sort of like belters in the Expanse stories. So we never hear from them in the rest of the film. There are no, there aren't really any other humans. There's just, just a few. Yeah. And then somewhere in there, before everything completely goes to shit on Earth, the Chinese, for some reason, decide that their priority is to clone Donald Trump. Which they mention in the film that he is involved in some way in uh, this uh, apocalyptic uh, wasteland. Uh, he's, he's involved in some, in, in some kind of a nuclear holocaust. Uh, but he but was in some... I, I, well, well, this, we'll none in. of this is in the movie. It is all like... It is all just from this introduction that he escaped from a medical facility in China and stole a spaceship. Then, but even though the humans have been fighting AI, which again, does not come up at all in the movie, they (laughs) decide to put AI into the clone to make him immortal. And I think when they say, uh, when they say AI, I think they meant to say nanobots. I mean, some... Some kind of yeah, like a, a, so a, a Borg, a Borg-esque um, nanobot kind of a thing going on. Is this re- absolutely insane movie has so many moments where I think they meant to say something else, but they didn't. We cannot. We can't imagine what they might have meant to have said. <laughs> this is what they said, and it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and so the the other thing is that. You know, so we're at 2020, 2044, 21 years from now, and an adult Trump breaks out of the medical facility and flies to Mars and crashes. When did they take the sample and begin making this clone? Yeah. Because the in the in the movie, he looks like he's 70 years old. So he looks like Trump of today, or at least Trump of 2016. Oh, I didn't even think about the aging. Oh my so god. So either they rapidly aged him into, you know, into geriatric years for some reason, or he was cloned when the the current Donald Trump was already 40 years old. And and I'm going to mention this later, but or only the, 40 years old. At the risk of getting ahead of ourselves, he's also immortal. No, no, that's mentioned in the beginning here too. That's part of the AI I mean I just said it when I was talking about what was the motive to put AI into his body when they'd just been fighting AI? <laughs> so you can tell by the use of these words over and over again, you know, the like AI and China and th- this entire movie, it, it, it was as if the, the, the whole script was written for SEO. Yeah. I was thinking that same thing because 
I, I would say that chat GPT wrote the script for this movie, but it came out two years ago. Or uh, it, it, I, it would I don't, have probably I, I been more think, competent if it did. I, I don't know if that's true. I've written, I've read plenty of stuff from chat GPT and it's kind of a mess. I actually <laughs> like, just for fun, I asked chat GPT to summarize the movie. Uh-huh. And it was completely boring and uninteresting. So I, you know, it's not worth repeating what it wrote. It was just soulless, yeah. much like this movie, which made me think that AI had something to do with it too. So then we get into, you know, this time, I want to get back to the cloning thing. So, th because this opens up like this whole new direction. If they clone Trump in the nineties, you know, like, are there, was there, were there like other Trumps in the hospital? Is it like some kind of island, like in the Schwarzenegger movie Twins, where they just have clones and they're, you know, everybody's learning math and languages? <laughs> or or Clone High. <laughs> where, or Clone High. <laughs> where, where they have Lincoln and Cleopatra <laughs> and Gandhi. I, there, there's this there's this great bit in, in Clone High. I think it's I think it's uh, what got it canceled, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if there's one thing Gandhi stands for, it's revenge. I doubt that got it canceled. Well, I think I think no Gandhi's depiction. That's I a think Futurama caliber joke. Yeah. In fact, they did the same bit in in Futurama where they they talk about uh, they were talking about Nick Nixon and because Nixon's head because they had the Hall of Heads. Yeah. And the and Nixon's head was uh, it was good old fashioned Quaker thuggery. <laughs> Where where are these clones? I, I maybe there's some kind of like an acceleration up to a certain point. Uh, but again, of, of what age. they might have meant to have said, <laughs> yeah, like because they didn't say any of it. They addressed none of it. Th that's something that we it, may, it is very clear in this movie right from the beginning that the writer, who is also the director, has zero interest in reconciling any of the holes. <laughs> None, none of them. It's there Swiss be cheese. There, it's a plot. One of Swiss after cheese. another will be introduced. Absolutely none will be addressed. It, There's no interest. I, it is an absolute shotgun approach to plot. I don't know. Just throw a character in there and then something happens. Who's to say? It is all done with, you know, like some random word generator. <laughs> he just fed it the vocabulary list and it spun this thing up. See, it's not even AI. It's just it's just a random word generator, like the story, the the story plot generator so yeah. that you can, you know, to the writing prompt generators, something like that. That's that's what this movie was was completely written in. I love that he was grown in a Chinese lab. Of course, it's the Chinese lab. How but could the, it be anything then, else? Again, with the with the holes in the story, they have the he's grown in a Chinese lab. He escapes in a Chinese shuttle crash lands on Mars. Somehow he's wearing a U.S. Air Force spacesuit. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, and has the 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 American flag on 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 exactly. the shoulder and everything. Never discussed. Never. Nobody has any trouble with it whatsoever. Why this spacesuit even exists after a thousand years? I have no idea. They don't bullshit I, that good. I think that uh, a lot of the anim animation. Uh, I I don't know much about. Uh, 3D animation or anything like that. But I would be willing to venture to guess that there's some kind of a program that you can buy or that this person bought with a whole bunch of like stock characters 
and he just used a bunch of stock characters uh uh that that you could direct to 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 move and things like that i i would not be surprised at all if that was the case i i believe that the entire movie was built in daz 3d which is like <laughs> the barkin basement 3d modeling and like rigging platform like rigging software <laughs> in fact it's available for free oh yeah that it, it looks so, it looked free so all this to say, this is where the movie starts <laughs> with all of these problems already in hand. Trump versus the Illuminati comes to us from, I mean, I guess you could say veteran and I guess you could also say filmmaker. I mean, we need B some scare quotes on both of those things. BC 14 is the man's name. That is his real name. He even has a wife, according to IMDb, named Jennifer 14 which is a Borg name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> and she also has post-production credits for a lot of his movies and has even starred in a few of, few of them. BC-14 has an absolute ton of writing and directing credits on IMDb, over 100 writing credits and about 60 directing credits. He's He's like that terrible folk band and or singer that has like... 10 different bands that's really just the same artists, but they go by a bunch of different names and they're all exactly as terrible. Uh, like Kimya Dawson and Moldy Peaches and whatever 10 other projects she's done that's really just her. Same thing going on here. A, a few of BC-14's movies that stand out are Bigfoot Goes to Hell, Bigfoot versus Megalodon, and Bigfoot versus the Illuminati. <laughs> you could, you, I mean, you could tell right there. He likes Bigfoot, clearly, and also very much hates the Illuminati. It's a theme. It's a theme with this guy, and and many of his movies they're written under pen names too, which make which makes sense. Somebody who's working in these kind of like fringe genres that they would compartmentalize, and you know, so he writes under the name Christopher Maitland, which is after a Peter Cushing character. And oh, I didn't also, realize that. That's very clever. And also BC Furtney. And at a few of the Furtney movies, like specifically, that's the one he's written under most prolifically. And a few of these have, they've even broken into the sixes, sevens, and eights in IMDb, which is insane to think about. I, I don't, I, I don't know how this is possible, but I do have some thoughts. <laughs> and he, the thing, the thing about using pen names is that I don't think Fertney under, understands them because there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason why he uses his. Yeah. Uh, just for example, like he crosses these genres depending on, on the pen name back and forth. And, you know, most of the Fertney scripts are kid focused. You know, there's these IP blender movies, you know, where, you know, instead of cars, it's planes with brains or the grump who stole Christmas. Which is not at all surprising, again, for somebody working in these fringe genres. It's, it's easier to keep things straight that way. And, and I mean, you know, like even, even the, uh, even the you... Scottish author, even the Scottish author, Ian Banks, RIP, wrote his sci-fi stuff under the name Ian M. Banks. And it just makes it, it makes it easy to separate them. Two different listings in the catalogs. It's all very clear. We have regular literature over here. We have science fiction over here. But- BC 14 doesn't really get this. 
And he's not because, even doing like a Samuel Clemens and and Mark Twain kind of a shtick here. Well, he's there was just, he didn't. He's just making Samuel up different Clemens names. Didn't write stuff under his own name, really. He just wrote under. Oh, Mark I guess Twain. there's that. But I'm saying like he's not even he's not even doing that. He it's just he's just making up names for reasons. Well, and we don't really know. I, I, it's got to be some kind of a tax dodge or something. I, that's the only thing I can think of is that BC <laughs> Fertney actually lives in the U.S. Virgin Islands, or you know, like yeah, while BC fourteen lives in Pennsylvania. So he, <laughs> it's, he it's, has it's, he has it's, a few. It's, it's like, that it's that moment in Family Guy where where Peter Griffin is trying to make up a name and he's looking at different things in the room and it comes out to be Peter Griffin, anyways. <laughs> so. Fertney has, in addition to all of these animated kid-focused films that he's written and directed, I think he's directed under the Fertney name too. I, I don't remember. He also has a, a movie called The Long Bloody Weekend and Werewolf Rising. It's like he forgot who he is. Like somebody who has a burner account on Twitter and logs in under the wrong one. <laughs> like that, that, yeah. that white politician that was posting as a black guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. was great. Or, or um, wow, Mitt Romney's was Pierre something or other. He was post. He had a he had a French burner account on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also under the Fertney name some documentaries, like one that he did about the macabre artist Joel Peter Whitkin. It doesn't also under the Fertney name he wrote un or he wrote Uncivil War Battle for America which is all about January 6th stuff. These are like documentaries, you know, quote unquote. And he wrote Trumpocalypse Now, uh, Trump versus Clinton, Clash of the Titans, and One Nation Under Trump, all under the name, the same pen name that he used for the grump who stole Christmas. I mean, it's 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 it seems like the the breakfast cereal that you get at the bottom of the shelf where where it's it's in the bags and it's this knockoff thing, but uh, instead of Fruit Loops, it's, it's like, Fruit Hoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After reading, like going through his IMDb and looking at his stuff on Letterboxd and Wikipedia, of course, I do have some respect for the guy. I actually did develop some. All these movies are absolutely terrible. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But it also seems like he's doing pretty much whatever the fuck he wants to. And he's prolific. And I think that there is a sense of accomplishment there. And if one of those super janky Chinese celebrity websites is accurate, the guy's worth over $60 million. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't have to be good. Just go for quantity. And something shit's got to stick eventually. All right, Jules. Tell us about the movie. Break it down. <laughs> I want to begin with the first character we meet. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll start this part. It's a green gray alien named Alistair Crowley, who's announcing to an Egyptian sarcophagus that he's finally ascended to a position worthy of a ceremonial magician of his caliber. I, this movie just does not mess around. It, it gives you that first wait, what the hell's going on at about a minute 26. And it doesn't stop. It, it does it, not it, stop. It, it is. It is just a. It is the fever pitch from beginning to end. All right, take it, Jules. So, so we right after meeting Alistair Crowley, uh, in in the very beginning of of the film, we're we're uh, 
hanging out with Trump in a kind of like a, a lunar lander, some kind of like Mars rover kind of a vehicle. And he's thinking out loud to himself uh, for several minutes. And uh, and uh, he has a soul friend on Mars. Again, he's been on this planet. Well, that guy's not on years. Mars. Well, uh, he, he Trump is on Mars, but he has a soul friend who's in orbit around Mars. And uh, his his friend's he's name not is right. He's not orbiting Mars either. But is he not okay. orbiting? I thought he was orbiting no. it. Remember, Mars is red, and he's in he's orbiting a blue planet. So, oh, okay. So he's like a pen pal, I guess. I thought he was. Jules, orbiting Jules didn't Mars. actually watch this movie. He just sort of like hit that fast forward ten seconds over and over again until <laughs> it was over. Yeah. No, I right I, man for the job. I'm it's telling you, it's just, it was just <laughs> such a confusing fucking movie. I I didn't know where uh, where it was going. All right, but his friend is a his friend is Major Tom. That's his name. I mean, that's that. This speaks to the whole confusion of the movie. It leaps from one long-winded exposition as a dialogue to another where it's it's not even progressing the plot other than just telling you something that happened and you you're, you're giving it you're trying to to evaluate it as if this is a regular movie there's no plot <laughs> there's mean, nothing to progress yeah there's none and it's the they worst. talk about a plot but they don't actually do it and it's such terrible animation. It's like a low budget video game cutscene. Um, and even the most of the time, the mouths don't move, especially with the aliens. Um, and when they do move, it's totally mismatched with the dialogue. Have you seen Red versus Blue? I was thinking Halo, but yeah, it's the same difference. Yeah, well, Red versus Blue, they just take the Halo characters and and uh, and they they make a whole it's actually really funny. They make a whole series out of it just using those characters. And it's the, the dialogue is uh, when there is dialogue between people and not just this, this monologue exposition, it's uh, of such a quality that we have a solid minute of an exchange between Donald and Tom about grabbing pussies. I mean, it's a solid minute of that. This is something that, I have in my notes too. This is the first example of the the 12, 13 year old boys humor that we get throughout the entire film. It's, it's, it actually is exhausting. It was, it is never at any point. Is it funny? It is always something to just endure for a few minutes, you know, like listening to, to, you know, somebody's kid to try to tell a joke where you you sit there and you wait for them to finish, except this is what happens when they're telling each other jokes. And yeah, there, there's no, there's no interest in actually delivering a punchline. They, they laugh at their own jokes. Sometimes the characters do, but nobody else does even in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the fucking movie. Now, can we address how Alistair Crowley is a, is a key antagonist? Alistair Crowley is, uh, of course, very important in in the occult world. And that's a theme that we see throughout this this entire film is that he borrows names uh, and 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 I guess concepts from various conspiracy theories and 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 various uh, different groups that are um 
I mean, QAnon adjacent, but not necessarily. Uh, they're all kind of the classics. It's not even really QAnon necessarily. It's like Illuminati is kind of a classic conspiracy theory. But I mean, Aleister Crowley has been associated with with uh, demon worship and the devil and, and all that for so fucking long. But there's no reason for this to be Aleister Crowley at all. But nevertheless, Aleister Crowley. He leads the Illuminati army fighting to destroy humanity. And if we were going to listen to David Icke, I, I mean, we would we would think that the aliens are going to be uh, or the people who run the secret cabal uh, that controls the world present day are are lizard people. But the Illuminati in this film, they're skinny, big head. They look like grays, but they have green skin. It's like all the depictions of grays that we have. Which is another yeah, they're, great they're, Yeah, trope. exactly. They have like leathery green skin. Yeah, and he and he plays on the same uh, on the on the same classic tropes from the X Files of what the Greys look like. Uh, I mean, not even necessarily the X Files. The Greys predate uh, the X Files a little bit there. And uh, the Greys come from the the movie um, or from the book um, Communion. That's what it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Well. In this film, it's grays, but I guess they're greens. I mean, Aleister Crowley and the Illuminati are not humans. I can't stress that enough. They're aliens. They're space. They're oh, okay. And <laughs> why? Why wouldn't they be aliens? So there's a war going on, and uh, it's a battle against the Illuminati. Donald Trump is riding around on his Mars rover, and. Uh, talking to his friend Tom and out of nowhere, uh, the queen of the Atlanteans. Now we have Atlantis. Now we have Atlantis in the film. I, they don't mention an underwater world. It's just, they're the Atlanteans. They look, they, it's the same alien species. It's seemingly, uh, or maybe he didn't want to pay for another, another character, uh, to, to, for a 3d generated image there. It's hard to say. So we're we've got the Illuminati, we've got the Atlanteans, uh, we've got aliens. Uh, Donald Trump out to save the world. Well, actually, we're not even there yet. The Queen of the Atlanteans is Varuna, and she wants to recruit Trump. And it comes back to that same thing that you were just talking about, where it is this teenage boy writing a script. It's a 13, 13 year old boy writing a script. He's he's just brash and abrasive and. And he's just saying terrible things. He's like, oh, stupid bitch. Get out of here. Da, 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 da. It's like, what's going on here? So she's trying to recruit him to lead a rebellion against the, the Illuminati. Mir. Don't forget the fucking prophecy. Oh, well, the, of course. It's because it, this the, is all. Everything is couched in sort of cosmic terms by calling it the fulfillment of some prophecy. Yeah, there's a prophecy that. Trump's clone, Trump's Chinese clone is going to lead. Well, this the rebellion. prophecy is that Trump would do it, but the clone was seen to be good enough. <laughs> they actually talk about that in the movie. Yeah, uh, close enough. He's got the same DNA. So why not? And uh, the overlord of the Illuminati, uh, who, who is that? You didn't ask. It's Lucifer. It's a. Uh, <laughs> It's it's the leader. It's the leader of hell, Lucifer. And we learn this at the very beginning of the film when Aleister Crowley, again, who is an alien, is talking to the 
sarcophagus of Anubis in a, in a in a long monologue. By the way, a character who never appears anywhere else in the film. You never see, you never hear from Anubis. He's just talking to the sarcophagus. Yeah. We, we, we hear Anubis talking through the sarcophagus, apparently, but we don't actually see Anubis. <laughs> and uh, uh, then we're only 22 minutes into the film. We're, tre- we're treated to a dance sequence by Donald Trump when the Illuminati aliens find him. Uh, this is right after he tells uh, the Atlantean queen Varuna to fuck off. They, they, they find him and they threaten him. After they're about to make a deal for money, and it's it's some kind of a big Lebowski situation here, and then he he jumps into a dance. It's it's Bring It On meets Armageddon for several minutes. See, I was thinking it was more like Break In, but Bring It On for sure, right? <laughs> Who might this orange rat be? You're on my turf, friend. You tell me. Oh? But I asked you first, and we make the rules. What gives you that impression? Look at the optics, outlier. We've got the guns, and we've got the numbers. Well, I've got the money. Money? You don't think I'd just be sitting here all by myself on Mars with my dick in my hand, do you? Well, tell me more. Or better yet, show me, Coxman. 10 million Chinese yen for the taking. One of those storage cars over there is full of cash. Guess right, and you can have half. How generous. But out of curiosity, what would stop us from just killing you and taking it all? Not so fast, E.T. Curiosity killed a cat. The other car's rigged with enough explosive to boom. Obliterate us in the blink of an eye and turn Mars into stardust. I dig the deal. That's why you're here, right? Wrong! We're here for you! Because you're the one aiming to destroy our Illuminati! Isn't that right? Donald Trump! Nah, just cloned. Well, I don't care if you're the first or the fifteenth generation! You're coming with us! Turn around and raise your hands! If you insist. Computer, play Trump's favorite playlist. If it didn't get crazy enough with all these characters, we get the chance to meet Van Helsing. And he looks a lot it's like what Major I mean Tom. about this, uh, this being just written for SEO. There's a, there's a whole self-publishing industry on Amazon for authors who are writing these, you know, sometimes off color books, but generally, um, kind of like extremely niched genre novels, usually about sex with vampires or werewolves or things like that. This is very much like one of those books. You know, th- those yeah. authors, th- those self-published authors will sometimes write a book every month or two. And, you know, each book might only sell 500 copies, but then it's up there. And then you're going to have trickling sales over time. And since they're all interconnected, then you have this sort of network of other possible sales in the future. And so then bringing it back to SEO. Familiar, 
once somebody gets familiar with the author, then they end up, you know, they, they might just continue buying from that, you know, that author's uh, collected works. This is very much the same deal. And it has a lot in common with those, you know, again, you know, those IP flipping type movies where it'll be like, and in fact, uh, you know, this, this guy, BC 14, this director and writer doesn't only work, uh, with animation. He does plenty of live action stuff as well. And he allegedly has a degree in cinematography even. And, (laughs) And so he, you know, he works, he works plenty with live action and he do, he has a movie called The Exterminator. And, you know, so all of these things, they play on. Well, The Exterminator makes an appearance in the film at the very end. That That's another point that I have later on. If you look at his other works, titles like that are meant to play on people either misunderstanding the cover or misspelling something when they're typing. Yeah. They're, they're meant to catch you. You look for Google and accidentally type giggle, but you end up someplace else and now they got you and there's a chance (laughs) something might be able to happen. You know, they might be able to get you to click on the thing or do the thing or whatever. But the, 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 these movies are very much like that. And, you know, all these, like these kind of riffs on Jaws, riffs on Terminator, riffs on the Transformer movies. That's what I mean by these IP flipping, where they they just get right up next to copyright infringement, but they they change it just enough. I was just trying to hop on YouTube, and I felt my found myself on YouPorn. I mean, it could have happened to anybody. It's a terrible website. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, you, you can do better, Jules. <laughs> So when we get these, we get these, um, you know, all these characters like Van Helsing, this is like, it is just SEO. We start dragging all these people in there and, and, and pulling these people in. We have Van Helsing. We have at at the end, it's like, oh, we didn't find any spots for all of these other characters. So let's just (laughs) list them off one by one. That that really brings brings up who is this movie for? Who who is meant to watch this? I mean, I I don't I know who watches it. You watched it, I watched it. Uh, and, but who's watching it on purpose? Uh, it's 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 a Netflix and chill night, and 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 you're putting some. Is it is it is it possibly background? A lot of people I know, I know people personally, I, a lot of people, I'm not one of them. I never do this, but a lot of people like so bad. They're good movies. Yeah. Okay. And this is, this is the possible, the possibility here is that that's, that's who is watching it, but that is a different question from who it's written for. Yeah. I, we, I, I can't guess what's in this guy BC14's head and who he's writing it for, but I know who is watching it. I At least I have an idea. When I think about who he's writing it for, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. He's just trying to get it ranked in search engines. Yeah. You know, it's, it's called Trump versus the Illuminati. These are obviously, you know, these, these, are, these are terms that a certain kind of person might be attracted to. And that'll, that just gets them in the door. 
and well, then you look at the cover and it's got the alien and it's got it's got Trump in a helmet. That's that's enough to get them to to get them to click that play button. And as soon as that happens, if you're on these streaming services, you get a little bit of money. Well, the the room is a great example of this where it was so bad that it became a cult classic that they made another movie about it called The Disaster Artist with um, for, uh, James Franco and The Room was on purpose. It was it was not meant to be a comedy at all. And it was just horrifyingly bad. I mean, un- unwatchable. And people fucking loved it. So, I mean, to your point, yeah, absolutely. I like it when he does the uh, the James Dean. <laughs> yeah, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hurt. That? That's I from did East not of hurt. Eden, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy, I can't remember the guy who who did the who did the room and you know made all that that terrible thing happen. He actually has some things in common with this guy BC fourteen. Both of them are absolutely opaque when it comes to their pasts. There's yeah. just nothing out there. There yeah. there is a, there's a Twitter account for BC fourteen which is pretty clearly the same person as you know as the bc14 who directed this it's pretty clearly it's his account there's nothing personal there it's all just promoting the films yeah there is i don't know maybe i think 20 followers or something like that for this thing for this twitter account yeah but it's very active i mean there were plenty of posts as of yesterday when i looked at it consider this there are so fucking many movies like this that are just horrible movies and oh, yeah you can, Pl- you can and plenty through- of people are making them and people this, are this making guy them is an exception this is just a little peek into this world it but is that this, was my biggest whole- question as i'm watching this is that what the fuck is happening here like why so, does this movie funded, exist somebody is funding this uh well, people are acting in i this? don't think anybody's i don't think this movie requires funding that's I think fair. this, I, this, but somebody's like doing this, voice acting. I mean, there, there's several okay. credits. It's not just this yeah. guy. I'll, I'll, I'll totally give you that. You're right about that, that there are actors involved and they are acting. So even if it's terrible, they still have to, you know, they're, they're still doing it for something. I mean, unless, unless, everybody, is, unless, unless it's all, all profit sharing. Well, I mean, the whole thing might be, might be shared ownership for all we know. Maybe yeah. maybe it's all profit sharing and, you know, they get together, they do this thing in a weekend and then it's out there and you just have, you know, you have money trickling in. I, I suspect that these are not all people from the voice actors union, whatever that one's called. <laughs> maybe it is, maybe they're not, but some of them are really making the effort. And, you know, even if the result isn't, isn't great in comparison to somebody more skilled they are trying and speaking of which that's about the only part where somebody in and i'm really i'm really glad you mentioned the the voice actors because this is this is something that i mean it's so easy to get focused on how shitty the the animation is and how terrible the script is and all those things but out of all the elements for this movie the voice actors are really making an effort 
Yeah. I mean, the, like some more than others, uh, but they, but they definitely are. I mean, the two that stand out are the, the voice actor for uh, Crowley, which oddly enough, like in all the IMDB, it turns into Crawley. And I, I have no idea why. And that's done by a guy named Wes Bruff. And I, I the, really recognize the sound of the voice. I couldn't. Well, place the sound of the voice is is a mashup of the Crypt Keeper and Cobra Commander. Oh my God, that's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I was like in my head, uh, some kind of a '90s cartoon. Oh, that's exactly what it is. It's a a little bit higher pitch than Cobra Commander, but not quite so cackly as. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, almost as cackly as the Crypt Keeper, or or maybe, or maybe, uh, uh, who's who's the villain in the Ninja Turtles? Uh, Shredder. Shredder. A li- nah, little bit of Shredder. It's not a Shredder. Not okay. to me, but I right. you know it depends on the on the series too. Like what time, what series we're talking about with the Ninja Turtles because they had different approaches for this stuff at different times. But so this guy Wes or Skeletor. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He's done Skeletor is not a bad one too. Uh, he's done uh, Trump versus the Illuminati was his voice acting debut. Then no he did kidding. the Adventures of Hero Man, uh, where he. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Uh, I mean, it's this like. Uh, oh, all right, we got it. We got to What's what's the what's the name of the protagonist? Uh, he- Hero Man. Perfect. You know, but, th- but that it. actually brings no us notes. into <laughs> that brings us to uh, an into an entire you know, like separate thing. This is like some goofy superhero cartoon that I don't think is meant to be serious. And, you know, so he's in a whole different world there. But then he's back <clears throat> with uh, playing Crawley again. Again, Crawley. They always give the credit as Crawley, but not Crowley. Yeah. And. <clears throat> Well, creepy crawly, and, I get but it. But then he's he's crawly again in Bigfoot versus Megalodon, and then he's in a Van Helsing movie, and then he's an exterminator in the AI apocalypse. So I think if you were to watch the collected works of BC fourteen slash BC uh, Fertney, then you would probably get all of the stuff, the plot holes filled that we've been complaining about. Because I think that, that you can imagine some. Some arcing this this cinematic epic universe poem that that BC fourteen has written like the Mahabharata, <laughs> and that the Trump Trump versus the Illuminati that's just the Bhagavad Gita, just a one little slice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the You're rest of the questions so will be answered here. in all the other sections. There. <laughs> There's this great video that I saw that it's like a, I don't know if conspiracy theory is the word, uh, maybe just theory is probably more accurate that most of the Adam Sandler movies are part of the same cinematic universe. And that, uh, and, and that um, Rob Schneider is, is basically playing a different or the same character in in each of them, but they they kind of overarc with each other, like Billy Madison and um, what's the one where he's an angry golfer? Uh, Happy, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. And and well, how and, does that work with Adam Sandler playing different people in the or, same cinematic universe? Or, I, 
but they all thread together, I guess. I, I forget exactly what it was. Really brilliant. It's like a 15 minute long or 10 minute long video. Uh, truly incredible. It's like you just have to like Google uh, Adam Sandler. There are some serious um, movie nerds out there. I love the like, lore on these things. I really yeah. do. I, I saw I caught one on TikTok the other day. And it's about the the this theory that's out there again, you know, same sort of thing that Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day is actually the the devil. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that so is too the, cool. The way they the way they tell it is is actually really convincing. And it's that they he Bill Murray has that first interaction. Phil Phil, what's uh, Phil's last name? The character. Oh shit. Anyway, Phil Phil the weatherman yeah. has the first the first interaction with Ned Ryerson on the sidewalk and the first morning. Not no the the time loop first hasn't steps happened a doo- yet. A doozy. Well, before that though is that he doesn't remember Ned from high school. And he totally should remember somebody like that, you know, like it's goofy guy in your high school. That's somebody you remember. Yeah. yeah. And especially if the the guy tried to date his sister until Phil told him not to. Yeah. And, you know, like that's these interactions yeah. are memorable. And so but he doesn't remember him. And that that's when it all starts, because, you know, like basically that that Ryerson is torturing Bill Murray's character. And from that point on. And then when it all comes back around, when he finally redoes it and he sees, you know, he kind of comes to his senses and becomes everything he's ever wanted to be. And he, everybody loves him in the town and everything like that. He sees Ned Ryerson at that mixer after the events at uh, with Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah. And he's he's actually really nice to him and he buys a life insurance policy from him. Yeah. And yeah. with optional death and dismemberment. And, yeah. And the. And then it stops and he, the, the time loop, he, like he's released from the time loop after he's nice to him, which would, which would make sense because it, it's, it's a story about eternal recurrence, hence purgatory. So why the fuck not? Yeah. I think that's pretty neat. That is yeah. pretty neat. I saw another one about eternal recurrence. That was kind of fun. Not nearly as good. That's one of my favorite films. Uh, but, uh, it, it was, um, uh, who's who's the guy who who uh, uh, he is this hilarious actor slash singer who's part of um, he's in in Brooklyn Nine Nine um, anyway a- it, Andy Samberg Andy Samberg and and uh, it's 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 another eternal recurrence one where they keep waking up on the same day just like Groundhog Day that was um, like in Vegas or something like that or Utah yeah, or something they're, they're like at a yeah. wedding or something like that. Yeah. It was, right. it, was, it was fun moving back, back to, to this this film which is <laughs> yeah bring bring us bring us down to uh yeah <laughs> so so uh i think we last left off uh van helsing is in it um dr dr jekyll it has created a special serum to well, we don't get to meet dr jekyll i don't think we i don't think we ever see dr jekyll yeah we hear of Dr. Jekyll. He's created some a special serum that fights the Illuminati because it causes confusion in the subject. Or it's like a truth serum. Oh, it, don't give it, it more. Gets, don't give any of this more attention than it needs. It, the, all of the details of this film should be ignored. Well, the whole fucking film is this serum being directly injected into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's i i want to i you know like wh- since you just mentioned van helsing and brought brought this guy up i want to maybe roll back just a little bit and 
you know, we were talking about the, I like just how adolescent the, the, the jokes are in the movie throughout the entire movie. And it starts off with the, the pussy grabbing conversation between Trump and this character, major Tom, who is just in the animations, just sort of lifelessly floating. I can only imagine that he's been dead for years and Trump's just imagining (laughs) all of this conversation. (laughs) That would be a better plot. You know, so it starts there, but then we, we, with the character Crowley, he's constantly making these, these sexualized remarks. He, he demands that one of his subordinates come back so that he can practice his seminal retention sex magic. Yeah. Then as punishment, he tells the, the soldiers that, that he's going to, uh, to flog all of their greased naked asses. Update me, Commander. What is the status of the Mars search team? Um, well, I've not been able to reach the team since our last transmission, Alistair. You've not been able to reach them? What kind of an Illuminati do you think I'm running here, Commander? A strong one. A mighty one. A fearsome one. No one in their right mind would dare cross the Illuminati army, Alistair. Maybe it's a technical issue. Mars has pretty spotty service. Spotty? I'll show you the true meaning of spotty. Those soldiers will understand servitude when I flog their greased, naked asses. Ready the star cruiser and assemble my security detail, Commander. Yourself included. We're going to Mars. And he demands that they bring back all the bodies they kill so that he can defile them. Yeah. Um, he makes this in really bizarre and kind of disturbing um, reference to a savage dark steed mounting a fair and supple maiden in a deep woods. Under our Lord's rule, a glorious new dawn will soon be upon us. Like a savage dark steed mounting a fair and supple maiden in the deep woods, where no one can see her ravaged or hear her screams. Such a way with words. Yee. None of this has to do with anything. All of these lines are in there for absolutely no reason. They could have all easily been omitted. The story would have not made any more or less sense than it currently does, but they're there. Now, I mean, it's another thing. There was no evidence of editing in any of this script. (laughs) As it was written on the toilet, so it was imprinted into the film. Well, Ben Helsing also uh, egregiously uh, sexually harasses the the queen of the Atlanteans. Veruna. Veruna. Veruna as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's given a mission to... Uh, he given instructions to go clean up and then blast off in his ship. And he says he'd rather blast off first, then clean up. Uh, he's told his spaceship is in dock four. <laughs> he tells the character, how about I park my vessel in your dock? Uh, he makes a climax joke. And then the character Varuna promises that he will, in fact, get laid when the war is over. Um, it's, it's five uh, straight minutes of sexual yeah, harassment. Alistair then calls her a little slut and his kind of woman. And then proposes a three-way. Like, it is just, it's all, like, it is the definition of gratuitous. 
it, yeah. it serves no function, whatever, than, than just whatever sort of enjoyment the writer got out of this. And speaking of, of, of writing, uh, the, the way that he writes these characters is, is so fucking over the top. Uh, why would we yeah, not tell us about Bigfoot? Yeah. Why would we not round out the team, the, the strike force team with Trump and Van Helsing, uh, with a bluesy talking chill Bigfoot? I <laughs> see. It's interesting that you thought of him as bluesy talking. And I thought of him, his voice as a, like an extremely racist mix of like Scatman Carruthers and Louis Armstrong. Yeah, I, it was. It is the worst black voice I have ever heard. Oh I, yeah, I don't. I don't know if the if the actor is black who who did the voice acting for that role. But it sounds like you a can't fucking see minstrel show. It it sounded like Anthony Blinken, you know, <laughs> like doing doing his blues routine in the White House. That's what it sounds like to me. Um. Oh. Oh. Uh. Uh. The the nuclear uh the the nuclear apocalypse that happened that destroyed earth and uh sent the human race packing uh as spacefarers of all of the places on earth dubai was spared and their explanation for it is that it's the entrance to hell what the hell i mean <laughs> what i i when, once that was revealed that the meeting with lucifer was go that he needed to that trump needed to go to dubai so that he could meet with lucifer and he's like well why do i have to go to dubai and he's like because that's where the entrance to hell is <laughs> in dubai <laughs> and, and like, when he i mean when he did, does did somebody have like a bad layover there on a long <laughs> flight or something i mean like what about dubai i, I like it can't be like it can't be oil. It can't be Muslims. It can't be, it's a monarchy because you could have just picked Qatar or the, or Saudi or any of these other places, but no Dubai. And when he does, when he does meet him, it's Trump is just hanging out in this big open I, room hallway. I, I don't know how to describe it properly. Where they're like somehow standing there just looking at the sun. Yeah, they're looking at the sun through through like a, a glass, a big glass wall. And um, the, Lucifer rolls up in a squeaky <laughs> wheelchair. <laughs> squeaky. It's not enough that Lucifer is, is at this point inexplicably disabled and unable to walk, but that he is in a wheelchair that squeaks and, and actually it was an electric wheelchair but for some reason the spokes are, are like some kind of an old timey wheelchair it's, it was like something it was something that got taken out of you know some some shuttered up a 19th century hospital <laughs> and then they just motorized it but with a little joystick on it like the wheelchair in uh and that dan Aykroyd movie nothing but trouble the one with the, where he's the judge yeah <laughs> And the kicker is that the explanation. So Trump asks about, "Hey, uh, why are you in a wheelchair?" As we're all wondering, and uh, with bated breath, waiting, it's because the Kennedys took his legs. <laughs> the Kennedys. <laughs> you 
can't help but to think that somebody just took like a word cloud from some blog and saw the most common words in posts and decided I need just pepper my script with these names. And it, well, they all, they all fit together. I mean, talking a whole bunch about Lucifer and Satan, aliens, Trump, then the Kennedys, because that fucking fits the Kennedys and Illuminati. Oh no, the, whatever source he has for the, like the type of, like the type of, uh, of SEO targeting that he's doing with this movie is definitely somebody who's into conspiracy theories. It's whatever website, whatever it is, where it is definitely a group of people that are into conspiracy type stuff. And they like Trump, you know, <laughs> but, which is also interesting though, because they, they, they the they movie open. has, the movie has kind of a lukewarm feeling about Trump that the actual man, they they say it several times where the clone makes a point to say, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm, not only I'm am I not clone. that guy, but they talk about his legacy and how he caused these problems. And did he realize how many lives were affected when he just fired off on social media? Comments like that are made by characters in the movie. Well, then, I, well it, right in the opening when Aleister Crowley is uh, is it's revealed to him by an Anubis that that there's a prophecy that there's uh, there's going to be uh, s- somebody who leads the rebellion that's going to spoil his plans. Uh, I, rebellion is a generous term, but basically the re- resistance, the opposition, however you want to phrase it. Uh, Whatever Star Wars plot device they stole. <laughs> that yeah. uh, and and uh, and then Aleister Crowley does this like thirty second long uh, description. Uh, d- uh, very negatively describing Trump, saying he's an idiot and and incompetent. Well, of course, the Illuminati would say that. That's like the deep state saying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring it home. They they have an underwhelming battle that is like a right few- after all this build up. All this it's build just up. like it's like five spaceships making like pew pew noises. And then it's over and then it's, and then it's over. And, but that's when it goes into 12th gear. I, I it's guess true. That, that's when because we, that's when we realize that that's when the, uh, the, when BC 14 realizes all of the characters he forgot to include earlier in the script, <laughs> because so, we get the, we get the roll call of Lucifer, like, like calling up the troops and during this whole thing, we're cutting back and forth to Trump and Lucifer at this viewing wall in space, looking at the sun. And again, they're like, they're 10 feet apart, but basically facing shoulder to shoulder, looking out the window. They're not fighting or or, or even facing each other. They're just both facing the same fucking direction for some reason. Just taking in the view. Just taken, just taken in the view, and and that's exactly the point where Lucifer says, "Ah, I've got you now," sort of, and he summons all of the, I forget how he phrases it, but it's like all the old gods, kind of, and and it, yeah, it, the, the old gods are an anthropomorphic shark, uh, the ripoff of the Terminator, 
Uh, uh, my, and, and, and my after- favorite, the jack-o'-lantern sleepy hollow pinhead mashup. <laughs> there's, it's there's a- it's literally it's just a jack-o'-lantern on a guy's head with a bunch of nails in it. <laughs> There's a there's a croc anthropomorphic crocodile. It's like cro- it's Crocubot from uh, from uh, 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 Rick and Morty. Speaking well, of was, Rick and Morty, I, I was of, thinking more of like the the Legion of Doom from the old Super Friends cartoons. Oh yeah, <laughs> and on the note of Rick and Morty, this whole fucking movie was that bit that they do where it's two brothers and they just keep adding things to it. And then there was a Spanish space armada. <laughs> I, I think they were Mexicans because they had sombreros. Oh, that's what it was. It was Mexican <laughs> Mexican armada. And then the moon crashes into the earth. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a were- werewolf. This one of them is like this golem-esque kind of a creature. Uh as we mentioned earlier, as you just mentioned, Terminator is X Terminator, of course. Uh, this, all of this shit happens in the last 10 minutes of the film and you just see them like summoning them as if it's a power Rangers, uh, clip where they're summoning the creatures and they, they do all these different cuts to the, to the different creatures that they're summoning and then nothing happens there. There's, there's, there's no fight scene. The, the creatures don't do anything. It just goes into the end and there's like five or or so minutes of Trump dancing in his. And and that's the thing is that there, there's not really even an ending. It's just a setup for the next one in the series of these pieces of shit movies. And it's, there's, there's, it's all, you know, Lucifer ends it by asking Trump. So whose side are you going to be on? What's your choice? And then that's it. And then the movie's over. You know, like they, they don't fight. They don't do anything. They just have a chat, you know, Lucifer in his wheelchair and, and then Trump in the same damn space suit he's been wearing in the entire movie. And, oh, uh, it's, I should say, he says it several times. And I think it's one of the last lines where people would call him Donald or something like that. Yeah. He and always corrects like, him. He says, DJ, G, DT, DT, DJT. Yeah. And and then he'll say, call me Trump. Yeah. I mean, there were times when the impression of Trump's voice was pretty good. There were times when it felt a little strained, but like you, like you said, the voice acting was, that's, uh, that's, that should not be ignored here. They were working. Uh, they were the only people who were, but they were working. <laughs> And that, that that's crazy, like how bad the animation was. I mean, first off, it's totally inconsistent from one scene to the next. Characters are rendered in different ways. Backdrop backgrounds are rendered in different ways. There's blends of like from the beginning, the there's actual an actual still image of the Egyptian pyramids are, is used. And then later on, you have all this rendering of like trashed out New York with a bunch of busted up things. And you know, so some are realistic. Some look more like cartoons. Some of these backgrounds, and almost none of the human characters appear without a helmet. And if they do, they're not facing the screen. They're not facing the. You know, the you never see what they're. It's always what a, they side, look like. a side. It's always view. a side or behind the head. And the aliens' faces are shown, but even with them, the mouths never. They don't even almost move. Never move. The only character whose mouth moves 
is Bigfoot's, but his <laughs> looks like a wind up chattering teeth. You know, like it's just like ma ma ma. You know, like snapping <laughs> up and down as he's talking. It, it's it's like it's like a. Uh, uh, animatronic type of thing that you'd find at Chuck E. Cheese's or something. Yeah. It's the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but as bad as all of this animation is it, like you said, Jules, it is still mostly stock. It looks like, and not only is it just stock, there are, there are specific animations and you know, like character rigging animations and backgrounds that are recycled multiple times in the movie. You know, yeah. like I, yeah, it's just, it, uh, I mean the, the, the whole film, you know, we, I, we've been talking the entire time about how there is no plot. There are little, like, like little, um, bits of plot in there that have just sort of like, you know, they're, they're sort of thrown together. I hope, you know, with some, with some idea that they, they, I guess they could work well enough for somebody to get through half of this thing and somebody to get paid. But there is just constantly like pulling from very common science fiction tropes and storylines from dozens of other movies. Well, they they I, dematerialize Donald Trump up. Uh, they beam him up uh, when uh, he's doing this this dance off when the when the Illuminati come to get him. Uh, that dance off. I almost don't even want to talk about that. I don't even understand. He's like, basically, you know, it's basically like Siri, play my favorite playlist. And then he starts dancing in front of Aleister <laughs> Crowley and a bunch of henchmen for <laughs> absolutely no reason. It doesn't make any sense. And they just stand there. They're, they're, but, they, you know, it does have an effect to- though, is that that when I looked, when I searched for the movie and I saw all the video clips, that is the one that I see most common. And I have to imagine that that brings people in. You know, yeah, they, they they see this, you know, the the this character in an orange spacesuit dancing, and you they know, have then they're questions. told it's Trump. They have questions. Maybe yeah. maybe that's it. I mean, it, yeah. a, a good mystery novel is one that creates more questions as you go along. Yeah, and I I have so many questions, and I, I also get maybe the idea this too, maybe this it, was writing genius, <clears throat> and we don't understand it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe it's, it's so brilliant. In, in two years, that's probably the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't even respond to that. <laughs> it's the horseshoe theory of writing. Oh my God. Yes. It's like, it, it gets so bad that you finally start, be, you know, you finally enter the genius from the other direction you 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 arrive at genius through the back door <laughs> well I, right. I i think that's you, a good you got anything else <laughs> well i'm gonna take a few very long showers and to try to try to wash my scrub my brain out from from having watched this Thank you, everyone, for hanging in there on this one. I uh, I think that this is has been plenty. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to leave everybody with this one thought. Just because it can be done doesn't mean it should be done. <laughs> That's my takeaway lesson from this movie. I think that is the number one takeaway lesson. And that you can you can hire people to do just about anything. 
As always, a special thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you for your support. If you want to be part of the crowd and get two extra premium episodes every month, as well as access to all of our past subscriber-only episodes, you can sign up for five bucks a month. I know Bidenomics is having its way with a lot of people, and student (laughs) loan payments have just restarted. I know I'm paying mine again. So if the $5 a month is a bit too much, you can still check out some of our subscriber-only content with the seven-day free trial over at Patreon. You can get all of that at patreon.com forward slash wetwired. And you can also help us by leaving a review and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even share the episode on social media. We're at wetwiredpod on Twitter and Instagram. As a reminder, uh, for all of your hate mail and complaints and movie suggestions for the future, uh, I'm at Julian Hooligan on, on most of the different platforms, including Twitter. We also have a Discord, and that link will be in the episode description. So until next time, everybody. Later, skaters. All right. We came downstairs to play a little bit of pool, maybe have a couple of adult beverages. And I wanted to turn the TV on just to have a little bit of a background noise, you know, while we shoot some pool. And that's when I saw this. I know it's probably backwards. I don't know. Maybe it's not backwards, I guess, because I'm not on. But there's a fucking movie on here called Trump versus the Illuminati. I mean, do you... Do you guys understand the cult thing here? And is this for fucking real? I mean, I had a couple of beers. Maybe. Let me know what you guys think. Fuck, I gotta let it play.